Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome in to this October 14th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family owned full service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuinick, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us on this football Friday here in the Eastern Panhandle. Uh, we'll first uh, start it out. And I guess we'll talk soccer from last night. Quickly wrap up last night's game. Uh, Nick and Colin on the call last night. A 2-0 shutout for Musselman over Martinsburg. Yeah, good win for the Appleman. Uh, Start off the game, you know, Martinsburg was really aggressive early on. Looked like uh, the Bulldogs were going to get some opportunities to get on the board first. But then once Musselman kind of picked it up, it became kind of a... All Appleman from that point forward. Brendan McGinnis gets a goal for Musselman along with Chaz Fields. Uh, so good win for Musselman right before playoff time, but both those teams will have some tough uh, first-round matchups with Martinsburg having to play Spring Mills and uh, Musselman having to play Hedgesville. So uh, I thought it was good that Martinsburg showed some progress from the first game they played against uh, Musselman to this game, but for the Bulldogs, uh, just not quite enough to get the win. And then for Musselman, a solid performance overall uh, to get its first win since beating Martinsburg. So it was, a, it was a fun game. It was cool to get a look at a little bit of EPAC soccer this year before they head into uh, playoffs. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought Oscar Duran in goal for Musselman played a terrific game, uh, keeping the clean sheet to give the Appleman the win and then on the other side uh fisher really stepped up in the net for martinsburg when adams had to go out with an injury so hopefully he's okay and can get back between the goal posts for martinsburg come sectional play next week and sectional play is who calling the matchups as nick uh, mentioned earlier it is martinsburg at spring mills and then musselman at hedgesville and then do we have the other section by chance? uh no that was all that was given to me from uh Coach Patrick Tetrick from Martinsburg. All right, let's switch it up, talk some high school football, go from the pitch to the field, most of the time the same place unless you're playing on grass at some places like Musselman and Hedgesville. Uh, but we'll talk uh, EPAC football. The 5-2 and two Martinsburg Bulldogs travel to the 2-4 and four Spring Mills Cardinals. We'll start out with clips from both coaches and break things down. Head Bulldogs head coach Bridge Sherman says that although the Cardinals are a young team, they actually they play pretty tough for being such a young team. Well, I mean, they're a lot better coached than they have, I feel like. And, you know, they are young. A lot of teams say they're young, but they're not playing with many seniors. So they got a young core of guys in there that are playing for them. And they're playing really hard, um, running the ball well at times, and they're playing with grit. And uh, the last two games they've lost by, you know, a couple points. And it's been like the last series of the game. So they're, they're playing really tough football right now. And we're in, just like all the teams in, in the area, we're going to get their best shot. Cardinals head coach Josh Sims says that that the Bulldogs have a lot of good weapons on offense and a tough defense that's going to be a huge task for his team tonight. 
You know, they got athletes all over the field. You know, receivers are very skilled. They can definitely hurt you vertically, but they can also help you in the short screen game. Uh, you know, they got two good quarterbacks. They got a good, you know, wildcat package with one of them. And, and obviously, Bajan, you know, throws it around uh, defensively, uh, very fast, uh, you know, all across the board. Um, and as per usual with Martinsburg, their linebackers fill holes very quickly. Um, so, you know, again, they're a classic Martinsburg team, and we definitely got our, you know, our work cut out for us. All right, Colin, on the call tonight with Dylan Bishop. Uh, and you on the sidelines. Yeah, I'm a, I'll be on the sidelines. But uh, pregame coverage on radio TV and WRNR TV on YouTube is set for a new time, 5.30 p.m. We'll have hour and a half pregame coverage with kickoff set for just after 7 p.m. What are your thoughts going into this game, Colin? Uh, wish me luck for the extra half hour. I think we should be good. I got some time going. Looking forward to tonight's homecoming game. We'll be going back and forth now definitely send it to you down on the sideline to get some information about players that may or may not be in or out i know uh during the pregame show you'll hear it and i'll reiterate it uh here now spring mills again this week without all three seniors that are on the roster so it'll be a tough one for the young cardinals team against Does that include their kick- martinsburg i don't know I, they have two sure. females so i don't know if I'm just trying to yeah. calculate we'll in my head because I'm that. pretty sure they are seniors. So, if I remember going back to that roster. might not them. I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask Sims before. I can text him. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be an interesting matchup. It's homecoming for the Cardinals tonight, and uh, they're going to have a tough task ahead of them. Yes, they are. Martinsburg is uh, still looking pretty solid, even with the two losses on the schedule, one being last week at home against Riverside, but we've seen from the first loss they were able to bounce back and win big time against Hedgesville on Martinsburg's homecoming, and they're looking to do the same tonight against Spring Mill. So the expectation for this Bulldog team is still pretty high that they can regroup and uh, get back to the winning ways tonight. Yeah, I think uh, Martinsburg should end up winning uh, tonight and taking care of business against a young spring mills team but the cardinals are getting better i think uh while these last couple of games have been tough losses for spring mills where they would obviously want to get those wins against uh, some quality teams and kind of last second victories for the opponent uh those tough losses are going to make this program better for the future Uh, But tonight, it probably won't be very close against Martinsburg, but it is still an opportunity to test yourself against uh, the team in the state of West Virginia. And we'll see what Spring Mills can do. I mean, it is homecoming. Kind of a a tough game to have as your homecoming, but sometimes this is how the schedule works out. Um, And we'll see how the how the Cardinals come and play tonight. I'm excited to see their their young team quarterback Max Anderson how he's progressed as a quarterback, and uh, yeah, I think that's kind of the intriguing part is how does this young Spring Mills Cardinals team come to play against a team that has dominated the state of West Virginia for the past decade? Yeah, a light night around the rest of the EPAC Hedgesville and Jefferson on buys this week. Uh, Kind of, I would say the game in the state if not the you know, top two game in the state tonight has to be five and one muscleman traveling to the northern panhandle to take on four and two wheeling park 
Yeah, that should definitely be a fun one and another tough test for Musselman, but so far this year, they've been up to the occasion each and every time other than the one loss to Martinsburg, and we remember they were pretty competitive in the first half, and Martinsburg uh, just put their foot on the gas pedal and dominated the second half to get the huge against the Appleman, but Musselman now number one in the state according to the WVSSAC power rating so if they continue to win they'll continue to stay there and have home field advantage come postseason it's a winnable game for them they haven't lost to Wheeling Park the past three times so looking forward to tonight to see if they can do that yet again against the Patriots yes the end of a four-year contract between the two teams with uh, two games at each venue uh should be interesting and Musselman looking to get back later in the year to play at Wheeling Island Stadium yes that is true uh, and then the only other EPAC game going on tonight is 1-5 Washington hosting 0-6 Preston. Yeah, uh, the part, Patriots want to get their second win. Winnable game for the Washington Patriots tonight against Preston. Uh, but like Coach Simpson said, you know, this is a solid – or this is a Preston team that despite their record will uh, put together a good effort and a good challenge. Um, also, that Wheeling Park Musselman game, you know, matchup with two of the better quarterbacks in the state, with Hartman and Brett Phillips on the side of uh, Wheeling Park. You know, I had a chance to see him play a couple of years ago when Wheeling Park took on Huntington, and uh, he was an impressive quarterback then, and he's only gotten better. So, uh, you know, those two teams going at it will be a really fun back and forth kind of game, I think, between Wheeling Park and Musselman. But uh, an opportunity for Washington to get back in the win column, see if they're able to take advantage of it against Preston tonight. That should be an uh, exciting game as well, I think. Even though those two teams probably aren't fighting for playoff positioning, uh, still can you know put together a good high school football game. One would assume as well, not sure. It could be Washington's homecoming. I believe it is. I think uh, Coach Simpson might have mentioned that. I'm trying to fully remember, but I can't. But I'm looking forward to seeing how Washington's able to do offensively we know the last time they won it was a big win they have the capability to do that again against a weaker opponent in Preston but at the same time I don't know if they will I think tonight will be a competitive one but still a winnable one for the Patriots yeah definitely let's look around other matchups around the state I'd say kind of the matchup tonight if you were talking uh not one versus 13 according to the SSAC rankings in Musselman Wheeling Park it have to be number five Hurricane traveling to Ona to take on number three Cabell Midland yeah Cabell Midland coming off a big win last week against Spring both teams Valley. five and one Hurricane I can't remember how they did last week but you already mentioned that they're a top five team in the state so it should be a good one between those two teams going to definitely Hurricane have to keep an eye off Preston, on that. Or Princeton. Hurricane beat Preston. Princeton, not Preston. Hurricane beat Princeton 49-13 to last week. Okay. Um, and, you know, not a lot of marquee matchups around the rest of the state. Only one I would say would be a big one for positioning because it could cause a log jam in the top 10 part of the SSAC ratings is if Morgantown can get back on the saddle, number 11 ranked team right now, uh, traveling to take on number two Martins or Parkersburg South, uh, four and two versus five and one, uh, would put both teams with two losses if Morgantown gets the victory tonight, which yeah, would log, which would be a log jam in the top three, ten. It's tough for them, especially the way they started 
So keep an eye on that one as well. I still like the offense that Morgantown has, but Parkersburg South's offense might be a little better. Yeah, I would lean toward toward, uh, Park South tonight. They've kind of taken care of business against a lot of those teams that have fallen in that like 8 to 15 range uh, that they've played. So you you like the Patriots, I think, tonight, but um, it should be an intriguing game. I think Morgantown's a team that got off to a great start, but maybe their record was a little bit deceiving. And I still think they'll end up being a playoff team, but I don't know if they'll be as high up there as we once thought they would be. Yeah, looking at some other matchups around the state. Uh, looks like the teams that uh, would be a big upsets if, if the other teams that are ranked do not win. Uh, number six, Spring Valley at 5-1 and one hosting, unranked, uh, not in the top 16. Uh, capital, 2-4 and four on the season. Should be an easy win for Spring Valley to get to 6-1. and one. Yeah, Capital hasn't been the same Capital in a long time. Since, what, 2018, yeah. probably? Yeah. Uh, number 10, George Washington at 4-2, taking on 0-6 St. Albans. Should be a cupcake win for GW. Uh, 14, Woodrow Wilson, also known as Beckley, right? Yeah, Beckley, Woodrow Wilson. Yeah. 5-2, uh, and two, taking on 3-2 uh, and two, Princeton. Could be an interesting game there. Both yeah. teams with two losses on yeah. the year. Princeton was ranked last week, but fell thirty-nine or forty-nine to thirteen to Hurricane. So could be a get-back game. Both teams, or uh, could get Princeton to four and two and further logjam the back end. Woodrow hung around with Huntington for a little bit, so I think they're a pretty solid team this year. Uh, Princeton is always a team that finds itself usually ranked, but uh, its schedule isn't usually too difficult. So it helps them out a little bit. Um, But it's definitely an intriguing game because I don't know if we know which of those two teams is really going to be a playoff team or who's kind of been a pretender to this point. So we'll see. But I I would lean toward Woodrow to win that one by probably a couple of scores based on what I know this year and what I've been able to see. Yeah. in terms of just final scores. Uh, number 16, Brooke at 4-2, and two, taking on 3-3, three and three, John Marshall. Uh, Oak Hill at 4-3, and three, taking on 2-4, and four, Buchanan Upshur. 2-5, and five, Ripley at 2-4, and four, Greenbrier East. Uh, Hampshire at 2-5, and five, hosting 0-7, AA, Berkeley Springs. That's a Saturday game. Uh, then South Charleston at 0-6, hosting one or excuse me visiting one and five riverside and then yeah that's kind of the triple a slate with uh lincoln county traveling down to double a number seven ranked in double a uh clay county five and one versus zero and six so uh that's kind of the slate in triple a tonight yeah there's only a few games that i'm really gonna keep an eye on yeah, not, a, not a lot going on outs. yeah not really a lot going on there but that'll do it for this First segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll uh, preview Shepard's matchup tomorrow. And uh, we'll recap WVU's win last night and look at some other college games around the country this weekend. That's after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10.
You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today. Uh, Shepard looking to remain undefeated this Saturday. Tomorrow, they be they're looking to go seven and zero as they put their six zero record on the line as they host Millersville for homecoming tomorrow twelve p.m. You can tune into the game on TV ten WRNR TV on YouTube with eleven thirty pregame uh, as Shepard unveils its new logo uh, this afternoon at what around three thirty I believe and then uh, you'll see it on the score bug tomorrow on the broadcast right yes all right it's pretty well, slick. Colin, Colin, not enough. Nick, you caught up with uh, head coach Ernie McCook this week. I mean, uh, I did. <laughs> we did. You're right. We did. But uh, specifically for the game, uh, Nick, you caught up with Ernie McCook, and this is what he's talking about when he's talking about Millersville. Uh, last year, we turned the ball over three times. Anytime you turn the ball over that much, I don't care what the weather's like, you've got to um, – that's going to cause you some issues. It's going to keep you out of sync. We've got to take care of the football. We've got to make the ordinary play extraordinary. We have to block. Uh, we have to throw. We have to run. Uh, we've got to be fundamentally sound. This is a really good defense that we're playing against. They play with great effort, great energy. Their alignments are uh, they are great. They do a great job of taking away the run. They get a great job of taking away the pass and then breaking to the run when you want to try and run it. You know, this is going to be a great challenge for our offense, and their defense is getting better. I mean, I'm sorry, their offense is getting better each and every week. So it's going to be a challenge for us, and it's one that we're going to have to rise to the occasion. Fortunately, we're at Ram Stadium. It's good to play it at home, and I think we're going to have a good day, a lot of energy in the stadium. Yeah, so Coach uh, McCook, you know, talking about that defense, and, I mean, Millersville had a – Harlan Hill nominee on its defensive line from a season ago. So and he's still there in uh, Tate. So they have an aggressive defense there. They get after it. They caused Shepard some issues last year with the three interceptions. Tyson Bajan was held for under 200 yards passing. And the offense is starting to pick things up uh, for Millersville. You know, they have a freshman quarterback who stepped in against Lockhaven, took over this week against East Strasburg and uh, played well for them to get that win. So back-to-back wins for the Marauders, a team that has a little bit of history of a shepherd. They used to play uh, on a pretty consistent basis from the 80s to the late 90s. Uh, But then Millersville kind of dropped off a little bit after that. But uh, it should be, you know, an interesting game. We were able to speak with some players as well and Keyshawn Haley, and Alfonso Foray this week. And Keyshawn Haley's a safety that's stepped into the starting role. You know, Antonio Fox is gone. Uh, Ponce de Leon is gone. So he's had to take over that spot, and he's done a nice job. Last year, I just took away from those guys was just learning the defense, learning how to be a leader, learning how to communicate to my teammates. And this year, I just wanted to step it up a notch, you know. Uh, I always want to be able to compete with not only myself, but compete with my teammates, especially my guy batting. Uh, Right now, we're just... It's just, that's really all it is for me. I uh, just wanted to compete, want to be the best, and just do anything that's going to help my team win. Uh, and Alfonso Foray, he is a Lackawanna transfer 
at wide receiver for the Rams. Scored two touchdowns last week against Lockhaven. Uh, just continues to get better each week and uh, has had quite the journey to get here. Started off at Maine, then went to Lockhaven or Lackawanna, excuse me, for two years, and now he's at Shepherd and uh, just finding his way in this offense. We got so much talent, like you just said. Like I'm learning from everybody that we have in the room. You can take something you learn from every single person, like certain skill, knowledge, anything, and then just playing with a quarterback like Tyson, it just make everything easier. Like you know the ball is going to be there. All you got to do is go and get it. All right, those. All right, sorry, forgot to hit click the mic button there. Uh, but Shepard in action tomorrow for homecoming, 12 p.m. kickoff, 11:30. Uh, AM broadcast for you the pregame show you'll have you'll be able to hear those three full interviews and they'll break down kind of preview it uh, Nick along with Travis Smith uh, but Nick it should be a good game tomorrow yeah I think it, it has the opportunity to be and it's um, homecoming so a big crowd expected yeah I think Shepard probably takes care of business and wins by a few scores but like I said Millersville has the defense that could make things interesting last year what held the Marauders back was the lack of offensive firepower. But these past two weeks, their offense has kind of put some things together. They have a freshman quarterback that's played well. The thing is, though, too, is Shepard's defense is tough. Uh, This year, you know, they're only allowing about 65 yards per game on the ground. So that could make you one-dimensional. And with a young quarterback that Millersville is going to throw out there, just making his second career start uh, on the road at the number four team in the nation, that's a big task for him. So... We'll see if uh, Millersville can provide a challenge or if the Rams can win by multiple scores. But uh, defensively, Millersville at least has some guys that can match up with the Shepard offense. So it's a good challenge in that regard, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. 11.30 pregame, 12 p.m. kickoff, WRNR TV on YouTube, TV 10. Out of the hold of Grayson Malashevich, the ball near the left side hash mark. They'll put it down at the 12. It'll be a 22-yard field goal for Casey Legg. Game tied at 40-40. Leg is ready. Snap back clean. The kick is up. That kick is good. Fireworks fly into the air. And Casey Leg with his second field goal tonight puts West Virginia up 43-40. That was with, uh, I believe, 33 seconds left in the contest, and West Virginia gets the win. And uh, here's the final call. If it will load. (laughs) From the 30, Drones has it. Drones drops. Drones sets his feet, starts to run. They're after him. Drones running. Drones down. And there's no time on the clock. The ball game is over. They got him. It's over. The West Virginia Mountaineers have defeated the Baylor Bears by a final score of 43 to 40. And it is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Those iconic words uh, from Caridi right there uh, with the uh, big win for the Mountaineers in a game that uh, was all about off. Really? That's how the Big 12 goes, right? What was the, What's the total yardage, I think? What was 1,090 yards, the total yardage between the two teams? 
Yeah, it was a fun night back and forth. WVU was down 17-7 at one point, able to tie it back up, and just had a really big second-half surge that led them to victory. Daniels looked pretty solid at the quarterback spot, 24-37, 283 yards. One pick, though, that was a frustrating one because it allowed Baylor to tie the game up at 40 apiece, but he led WVU down in the final drive to get that game-winning field goal. Yeah, but the the story of the night for the Mountaineers um, is the running game. Yeah, and that's what I said yesterday they needed to do because Baylor's run defense was really good so far this year. Out of the six opponent or the five opponents that they had played before yesterday's game, they held four of those five to under 100 rushing yards. Well, WVU ran the ball all over them, even without Donaldson yesterday, and it was thanks to Mathis, 22 carries, 163 yards, two touchdowns, and then Johnson had a pretty solid day as well, 12 carries, 48 yards, and a touchdown. Dang, I don't see his other touchdown in, in the highlights from the Mountaineer Sports Network, only the one that put WV up 7 nothing. I don't see the second touchdown. And then another guy that had a big night receiving-wise was uh, – Prather out of nowhere at eight catches 109 yards in the one touchdown and Bryce Ford Wheaton who anytime touchdown score we, we thought was nope the main guy is really not been the main guy the past few weeks but when you're running the ball it works yeah I mean I guess it does work but West Virginia Mountaineers get the win last night on primetime TV on Fox Sports 1 they improved to 3-3 three and three. Baylor falls to 3-3 three and three. And uh, just like that, uh, West Virginia back to 500. Yeah, and it's weird because the offense, it seemed like one year of the game, but the defense really had to make stops and force turnovers. They forced four turnovers, three fumbles, and one interception, but yet they allowed 590 total yards, 40 points, and 421 passing yards. So it's tough as a fan to fully... I guess figure out if you're happy with how the defense played or if you're frustrated with how the defense played or if you're just like, eh, a win's a win. Yeah, that I is very in true. college a lot of the time too, especially Big 12 football, it's more so about when your defense makes stops than the final numbers, I think, in a lot of ways. Because unless you're like Alabama or Georgia, like somebody that just is known for their defense – it seems like you're going to be in shootouts most games. So, like, as long as the defense comes through and you need them to, which WVU got that last night, it's probably the most important thing. So and I think then, overall you're happy with it. Yeah. While you'd like to see more consistency, I think you'll take it. Yeah. West Virginia getting the mini bye week this week as they'll be back in action next Saturday, 3 p.m. at Texas Tech. We'll have the game for you as always, 12 p.m pregame next Saturday uh, from the Mountaineer Sports Network. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Rossini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hackwilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more on their side of this break. We'll talk commanders. They get a win on Thursday Night Football. Thursday Night Football has been lackluster these last few weeks. Uh, but, I mean, there's probably a reason for that, because you, you play a game four days beforehand, so what do you expect uh, but uh, we'll break down the commander's win. Uh, we'll hear Ron Rivera's ending to his, his feisty ending to his poster and uh, 
Scott Van Pelt said a very interesting sentiment about the team last night on SportsCenter with SVP. We'll play that audio for you when we come back and look at the weekend ahead in the NFL on the other side of this break. You're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. This Friday night, your Martinsburg Bulldogs look to crash the Spring Mills Cardinals homecoming. Bajan drops back the pass, pump fakes, looks deep. He has Hunter wide open. It's caught at the 10-5, lunging forward towards the end zone. Touchdown, Martinsburg. They now lead 13-10. The double move got them to bite. Tune in at 5.30 p.m. Friday for the pregame show with kickoff scheduled for 7 p.m. Right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you. As always, we'll talk uh, some commanders. They got the uh, victory last night on Thursday night football. Uh, Another lackluster Thursday night football game. Total of 19 points scored between the two teams. But commanders get the win 12-7. Carson Wentz didn't throw for over 100 yards. Uh... Brian Robinson got his first start, and he got a touchdown. So happy for him there. Uh, Terry McLaurin only three targets or only three catches. Not the best of nights, but the defense is really who came to play last night, Colin. Absolutely, and that's the reason why they won, is that finally the defense was able Tired to over there? play that, That's how solid. I, the I, game mean, last night. I can't blame you <laughs> for that one. It was, it was a crap show on both ends offensively. But a win's a win for Washington, so you got to be happy with what you got if you're a Commander fan and move on from there. Uh, they were able to get turnovers, and Tress Way, one of the best punters, allowing a uh, great field position to finally get the touchdown for Washington because of the muffed punt, so it paid off. Five sacks for that defensive line. And an interception, first career interception for John Allen. Did you see what he did after the Yes, pick? he gave it to his wife. It was pretty cool. That was, that was a pretty cool moment. Uh, but the defense steps up in the end. It's funny because Sunday they lost the drive with the offense throwing an interception. But that's the On difference. the final play. What? The difference was the offense is who we were relying on on the final drive. Yes. But then and I'm they saying lost. this week the defense comes up big mm-hmm. on the final drive and uh, stops him at, what, the two-yard line, I think. It was more like the one-and-a-half-yard yard line. line. Yeah. That was uh, crazy with Mooney. Big for the commanders, which I think helps them from the you know side of things where they're not fully, you know, they're probably not going to win the division. They'd have to go on a crazy run. But they get their second win of the year, and they get a mini bye week, get a little healthy. Uh, and, you know, everything that came out yesterday from Dan Snyder to this whole week about what Ron Rivera said on Monday that got kind of misconstrued, he spoke to the media, and there are bleeps in this. We did bleep it out. Uh, but he was very testy, and he left the postgame presser. Uh, no, because the truth of the matter is it's not important to me. 
Okay, what's important to me is the guys in the room, and that's something I've been trying to establish. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get beyond all this stuff that's on the outside that's noise as far as I'm concerned. What I'm focusing on is the development of this football team. There's a group of young men in there that deserve better, okay, in terms of they, they should be acknowledged for what they've done, what they're doing. I don't want to get talking about something that I can't control anyways. I, I have no input. I have, I have nothing to do with that. What I want to do is everything in that room. And that's what I wish we could just stay focused on. And it's difficult, it's hard, but for whatever reason, we're going to stick to what's interesting, and that's playing football for our guys. Ron, more fired up about, you've given similar answers in the past about this, but you seem more fired up now. Is it just to think about the circumstances? The way no, what's important is these guys, okay? For the last couple of weeks, honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to speak my mind for a second. For Honestly, uh, it's been hard. It really has. You lose four games in a row, and everybody wants to get you, you know, just get on you. And they've played their asses off. They have. They've played their asses off for everybody. They come out and they show up. They work hard. All right? They don't complain. Okay? They hear all the stuff and they got to deal with it. I get that and I respect them for that because they're resilient. They come back. Everybody keeps wanting to say, I don't want anything to do with Carson. Well, I'm the guy that pulled out the sheets of paper, that looked at the analytics, that watched the tape in the freaking when we were at Indianapolis. Okay? And that's what pisses me off. Because the young man doesn't deserve to have that all the time. I'm sorry, I'm done. He just walks out. I mean, he brought it upon himself, right? I mean, yes and no. Part of that's what he said Monday. The other part is everything that came out about Dan Snyder and, and saying that he meddled in trying to get Carson. That's what that part was where he was in Indianapolis and he picked him, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of it has to do with what he said Monday. Uh, but some of it has to do with all the Dan Snyder stuff that keeps coming out. Right. I'm, I'm talking about more so the Wentz thing because the on the field is, I think, the most important thing there. And, I mean, he brought the Carson Wentz criticism to himself. If he didn't want people to say that he doesn't believe in his quarterback, well, then he should have said, given a much better answer and taken the blame as a head coach. Yeah. If that's yeah. what – yeah. You know, so he's brought that questioning to himself and this football team. Um, so – now he's just trying to, I guess, look better about it. But I don't know. I think it worked in my mind, in know. a way. Maybe he wasn't fully wrong. I, I get your point. Obviously, he brought that part on himself with his comments earlier in the week about the reason why Washington wasn't doing as well as the NFC East teams. It was because of the quarterback. He said, but I think in a way was kind of maybe taken a little bit out of context. I don't know if he was fully blaming him or if he was just calling him out to try to get him to perform better. That that could be maybe the situation that he intended, and I think that's eventually what he said, but it got misconstrued a little bit. He still probably shouldn't have said it, but there are so many other distractions that they have to answer for, like I said yesterday, that it should be the personnel higher up, Snyder, right, Tanya Snyder. They should be the ones answering for it and not having the press keep coming to the players, keep coming to Rivera so that they can focus on playing football because that's their job. But because of all this crap that's going on in Washington, they have to deal with it. And you just saw that Rivera is finally fed up with that BS. And good for him to finally get to speak his mind and do I mean, that. He knew that situation when he took the job, though. I mean, you know the Washington franchise has been terrible since Dan Snyder has taken over. So Yeah, but none of that had come out when he got hired. Things. Yeah, I mean, but... He got hired in, what, just January? 
end of December of 2019 into 20. That was before all the expos yeah, came out in the, the summer of 2020. Yeah. No, at that point, it wasn't anything. It was just they have had so many years of losing. He didn't come in knowing besides the, the loss and losing on the field. I don't know. Um, I feel like if you're around the NFL, you probably knew something was going on with Dan Snyder before yeah. it all came out. So, uh, Sports Center with SVP, Scott Van Pelt. He's a DC area native, big Washington fan. He will, you know, he'll speak his mind about the teams. And he spoke last night because Sports Center with SVP now live from DC. Uh, obviously, they covered the Commanders game last night after because they were on for Thursday after Thursday night football. And he had kind of like a rant kind of thing. Uh, about the commanders and you know what the state of them are right now here is the audio courtesy of espn and sports center with svp Robert Rivera is normally a pretty stoic man but that's uh that's the kind of passion i think frankly a lot of the fan base would want to see and hear i could just try to explain to those that and it's so difficult unless you're from here unless you saw it when it was what it was when it was gibbs when it was jack kent cook when they went to the Super Bowl four times in 10 years, when they won three of them, when they were one of the premier and it franchises in sports, not just the NFL, but in all of sports, admired for the way it was run, the way they won, the kind of passion and loyalty they had in this fan base in this town. It was rare. And if you would have told young me then that this would be Washington now in a million years, I and the people that grew up in it would never, ever have believed it. But this is what it is, and this is the reality of the situation. RFK, as it currently sits, like a relic, like an old battleship waiting to be sunk, like that's a perfect metaphor for what was and what is. And so on this night, they win a football game, and their coach gets to show some passion, and they get to be happy, and that's great. It's just um, it's been a whole lot of, a lot of stuff in Washington with this franchise for a for a long time is what the comment finishes staying, saying. And, I, I, you know, obviously Colin and I have not been alive for all the greatness. Uh, but We've been alive for all the opposite of greatness. Yes. And, Technically, uh, Joe Gibbs was around when you guys were watching the team, right? That's I mean, he, true. He again, hold, hold on, hold on. Again, Dan Snyder trying to get back to the glory days, tries to bring back Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs 2.0 doesn't work. Joe Gibbs says, you know what, I'm going to give you three years and I'm done. And they went to the playoffs in 2007, his final year, and he still retired after that. It's true. So, I don't know. My dad would agree. I, I will, I'm going to have to send him that clip. I think he would 100% agree with what SVP said. I think yeah. every older Washington fan would. Yeah. And here's the other thing. You beat the Chicago Bears last night who haven't had a quarterback in the 100 years of the existence of the franchise. But, <laughs> so I mean, like, yeah, the yeah, defense looked if good. You put, but if you put, just, if you you put some guys around Justin Fields, I think he could be a pretty Maybe, solid quarterback. I, don't, I mean, he's got some decent guys, and he had decent guys last year. He had Allen Robinson, who now yeah. sucks, but that's the point. Mooney has been okay at times, and David Montgomery's a decent running back. So, I mean, this is just a franchise that hasn't had a quarterback ever. Yeah, that is very true. Uh, we'll step aside for our final break. On the other side of this break, we'll talk uh, Steelers and Ravens and then kind of preview the rest of the NFL slate segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll, they'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. Again, on the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up on today's edition of the Sports Mix. Back in two minutes.
You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263. 4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Spencer, Nick, and Cullen hanging out with you today as we wrap things up. We'll uh, talk Steelers and Ravens. First, we'll talk Steelers because you can hear them this Sunday, 11 a.m. pregame show, 1 p.m. kickoff from the Steelers Radio Network as they host the Buccaneers. Currently, the line from Caesars it has uh, Tampa. Fine. That will be a tough game for Pittsburgh. They're probably going to go 1-5. and five. Yeah, what a start oh, three for uh, Kenny Pickett in terms of his career. He has yeah. to go to Buffalo to face Josh Allen and now plays against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, uh, a tough defense and obviously the greatest quarterback of all time that you'll have to match up against. Um, but, again, we know the Steelers are a team that could potentially turn things around at some point this season, but their schedule is extremely difficult here in these next few weeks, so it's hard to imagine uh, this team getting a win. But uh, I believe this is the first time we'll have the Steelers on the radio this year. Yep. Yeah. So maybe they'll be undefeated on Talk Radio WRR. That'd be a big win if they did. Yeah. I still don't like their chances, but I think they hang with them. This isn't the – yes, the defense is pretty solid for Tampa Bay, but Tom Brady hasn't had too many healthy weapons so far this year, and the offense, because of that, has slightly struggled. I still think they handle business, but I think Pittsburgh figures some more things out with Pickett. It was a tough situation for him last week. They definitely scored more than a field goal this week, and I think it's still a loss for Pittsburgh, but I think it's a one-score game, not a two-score game. I don't know. Um, I mean, I saw last week where, or the last couple of weeks, it seems like Brady and the offense has picked it up a little bit. Uh, so they've had a little bit more success, and I could see them putting a real beat down on the Steelers just like the Bills did. Also, I saw a, kind of a funny clip of Tom Brady talking about Aaron Judge, and he's like, hey, Aaron, if you want to come down and play tight end for the Bucks next year, I'm down. So I guess he's coming back. Uh yeah, and uh, Tom Brady just getting this 21 minutes ago from Adam Schefter. The NFL will fine him more than 11k for kicking Grady Jarrett after that roughing the passer penalty last week. Yeah. That's some that's some pocket change for TB12. Yeah, that's pretty much nothing. So yeah. that's a it's a McDonald's uh, any size drink for 139 for him. I didn't realize he had kicked them though. I didn't either. I didn't either. Uh, if you want to watch that game, that'll be on Fox in this area. And actually, it will not be on Fox in this area. Sadly, I think I checked the no, other day. It's some stupid game is on. It's here. Packers. Are Packers not even playing this week? Packers Jets. That's what it is. Because yeah, people want to it's watch Packers that Jets over Pittsburgh in the DC market. Yes, on Fox. It doesn't make much sense, in my opinion. Um, and then uh, Ravens in action at the Giants. That's a 1 p.m. game on CBS. Uh, Ravens favored by five and a half. Yeah, this is a weird or interesting matchup, I should say. Ravens going to uh, East Rutherford to play the Giants, who are a surprising 4-1 and one team. Um, 
But like I've said before, I feel like the Giants kind of gotten an easy schedule. I think Green Bay is a decent win, but I don't think the Packers are the Packers that we've seen in the past. So we'll see if the Ravens uh, kind of the Packers them. They beat the Packers. Oh yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, sorry. Um, I thought you were talking about the Packers this game. And Green Bay kind of had a big lead in that game, so I don't know. I think the Ravens can win this one by a couple of scores because I'm still not buying Daniel Jones. But, hey, we'll see if uh, the Giants are legit or not. But I think this is their their chance to prove it if they're going to be a playoff team this year. But I, I still don't think they will be, and I think the Ravens take care of business this week. All right, we'll start going down the slate 1 p.m., on Sunday, 49ers, Falcons, 49ers favored by five. Who you guys got? 49ers. 49ers. Yeah, give me the 49ers. All right, 1 p.m., Patriots at Browns. Browns favored by two and a half. The Browns? The Browns. Patriots by field goal. No, Browns. I got the Browns. All right, 1 p.m., what you can watch in this area on Fox, Jets at Packers. Both teams three and two, but the Packers favored by seven and a half. Yeah, Green Bay. Big. Yeah, I've got Green Bay big as well. Green Bay in overtime. Overtime. All right, yeah, Jags. Make it interesting. Jags, Colts. Colts favored by two. Uh, ew. Nine Jag- to six, Jags Jacksonville. And I got the Colts yeah. in this one. Vikings, Dolphins, uh, Miami favored by three. Or Minnesota favored by three, excuse me. Vikings, Dolphins. Uh, Vikings. I got the Vikings. Vikings. Revenge yeah, game Miami for Teddy Bridgewater, have. though. All right, uh, Bengals, Saints. Uh, Bengals favored by two. Bengals. Bengals. But they're kind of falling apart. All right. Bengals. Panthers, Rams. Rams favored by 10. Do they get back on it this week? Yes, but not by 10. Who All is right. it again? Rams who? Panthers. Panthers? Yeah, the Panthers suck. Give me the Rams. All right. Cardinals, Seahawks, 405. Uh, Cardinals favored by two and a half. Give me Geno and the Hawks. I'll go Cardinals in a shootout. All right, the game of the week this week, Bills and Chiefs. Buffalo favored by two and a half. That's 425 CBS. Jim Nance and Tony Romo calling the game. Is it in Buffalo or in Kansas City? It's in Kansas City. Chiefs, then. I got the Chiefs as well. I still got Buffalo. All right, rounding out the night on Sunday night, football Cowboys at Eagles. Philly favored by six and a half. No Dak this week. Hmm. I think the Cowboys take down the Eagles. All right. got to beat them eventually. I think the Cowboys win as well. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix tonight. 5.30 pregame, 7 p.m. kickoff between Martinsburg and Spring Mills on Radio TV YouTube tomorrow. Uh, that will be Shepard, 11.30 a.m. versus Millersville. Homecoming, 11.30 noon. We'll be, we'll be back on Monday for Nick, Colin. I'm Spencer saying so long. Hey.